Welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. This week's message by Trevor Baker will equip you to become a barrier breaker and an obstacle overcomer. We are looking forward to having John Meller, an Australian healing evangelist, with us on Saturday the 10th of September and Sunday the 11th of September. Bring the sick and anybody needing a touch and a miracle from God. Visit our website for full details. Well, it is. It's great being here. And now I know that lots of us, lots of the church are away at different places. Um, it's just great to be home with the church here. And other years we've closed down the Sunday morning, but, you know, we really felt that we needed just to come and meet together for all those who can. So I just want to give you a personal welcome as well this morning. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this morning and uh, in the prayer time, there was two words that came up, positioned and perspective. And I wonder what your perspective is like this morning. You know, that... um, There's this story about a um, young golfer, and uh, and he was playing golf with an old set of golf clubs, and um, there was a person on the green um, playing golf as well, and he looked down and he saw this um, young man with these golf golf clubs, and he was playing um, as best as he could. And he was really doing well. And uh, this person, who was a very wealthy person, looked across and wondered what he would be able to do if he had, you know, good clubs to play on. And so he went over to the young man. He said, listen, I just want to bless you. And um, he said, listen, next time I see you, I'm going to have some new golf clubs for you. So they think, whoa, you know. And so um, six months went by, and, um, and then um, nine months had gone by, and he still hadn't heard from this person. And then he saw him actually um, playing golf the one day, and he goes over to him, hoping that he would say, you know, here's the, um, the clubs that I gave to you. And then as he goes over to him, he said, <gasps> he said um, I've just remembered. He said, the golf clubs. He said, I know it's taken me a long time. He says, but listen, when you're buying St. Andrews, Glen Eagles, he says, and I just needed to find how much the Belfry was going to cost. You see, it's perspective. He was looking for three clubs to put in a bag. The other person was looking at three golf clubs in order to buy You see, what's your perspective this morning? See, how much, how much do you see? Or is it that you look at what can fit into your bag rather than what God has got for you? Do you understand? See, I believe that God wants to open up a new perspective and he wants to position you for some good things. I want you to put your hand over your heart right now. Because I want us to make a declaration. I want to make a declaration And we're going to do this together. Just repeat after me. I believe that God's word is living and powerful. That can transform my life. And so I open my mind. My heart is awake. And my spirit is alert. To be transformed according to the image of Jesus. Amen. Are you ready for it? Huh? Are you ready to be transformed this morning? You know, um, Anna didn't see my notes, um, what I was going to share this morning, but um, one of the things was um, how we get breakthrough. And, uh, you know, just this whole series that I'm doing at the moment of moving with his presence. Who wants to move with the presence of God? You see, when we're moving with the presence of God, there is no better place to be because we are constantly positioned to where God's blessing is going to be for us. And, um, and so here, as we move with God, God's presence, I believe that we become, we become breakers of barriers. And we become overcomers of obstacles. 
And those are the things that I just want to put into your hearts this morning. I want you to know that you are a barrier breaker. That you can break barriers. You can break the things that can seemingly contain you. You know, the last time I was here, I was speaking speaking about moving with the presence and the cloud of his presence. And I talked about when we're sitting in the place of past blessing. Did you get out of that place? I hope you did. And... um, And we need to know how to learn to move with the cloud of his presence or learn to move listening to his voice. And sometimes I said, what are the stakes that you need to pull up? You know, we need a good peg puller. You know, all those who are down at the river camps and places like that, you can buy what they call peg pullers. And you just hook them on and you don't have to kick them, work them loose. You just pull those little things straight out the ground. And then also looking at when we move and his presence isn't there with us. And it seems as though we've gone ahead rather than waiting for the presence of God to move. You know, um, Ruth Heflin says, move when he moves and rest when he rests. See, we need to do that. And so what about you this morning? What about you in terms of breaking barriers? What about you in terms of taking hold of what God's got for you? Or don't you believe he's got things for you? You know, it says in um, Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11, I know the plans I have for you. Now sometimes we don't know what plans we're making. You ever feel like that? And you, you just wonder, well, what, what do I need to do? We had a friend in South Africa called Richard Mabry. And uh, every morning he would, we would wake up and we'd get together over a cup of tea. He says, now we need to plan out the day. And, and he just constantly was wanting to plan out the day. Where we're we going to go, what we're going to do, what meetings we're going to be in, where we're we going to be eating lunch. And, and he said, we need to make a plan. And I used to always say to him, you know, that line of um, Blackadder, we have a cunning plan. And, um, but you see, God knows, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to do you good. Turn to the person next to you and say, hey, that's you. God's got good plans, tell them. Go and tell them, God's got good plans. They're plans to do you good. They're plans to prosper you. They're plans to give you a hope. Their plans to give you a future. Now, are you ready for it? See, God wants you to be ready for all that he's got for you. You know, and we need to begin to realize that God has got an environment, a blessing that he wants you to be. See, we all live in different environments. You know, you can live in an environment and it's an environment where it's a failure environment. You can look at your life and you can say, well, look, if you knew my family, we haven't got a family. We've got more like a family bush than a family tree. You know, and so we can look at our family. We can look that there's nobody in our family who's ever gone to university. Nobody's ever amounted to much. And so what happens is there can be a limitation put upon you just because of the family that you were born in. You know, we can be here this morning where you say, but Trevor, I left all my family in another nation to come here. And I feel like I am a third-rate citizen in a first-rate nation. Listen, that's only a limitation that you're putting on yourself. God never puts a limitation like that on our lives. God wants you all to know that you are citizens of heaven and he's got plans for you and he's got plans to do you good and he's got plans to prosper you and he's got plans to give you hope and to give you a future. And so often we can live an environment that has made us limiting and it can cause us to have barriers so that we never break through. And we can pray and we can fast and we can read the Bible. We can make all the declarations. But we live in that environment where we say we're never going to amount to much. And so I believe this morning God wants you to move into a new environment. You see, you don't need to adapt to the environment that you've been brought up in. 
God wants you to adopt a new environment. He says that we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. He says that he's adopted us into his family. Hallelujah. We've got great stock here. Because we're part of God's family. You know, you can look at your life. You can look at your family. You can look at your education. And you can say, well, listen, I haven't got the skills. I haven't got all that it takes to get ahead. Listen, if you're always looking at what you've got, you never look at what God can do for you. Do you understand? Paul says, I count all these things as refuge. Refuge, sorry. For the all-surpassing greatness of knowing Him. See, and God wants to bring you into a glorious environment. You know, He wants you to have expectations. He doesn't want you to be so focused on your upbringing and your background. He wants to move you into a new place, a new environment. You know, so often, uh, I've got a seed here. And um, you see, all these seeds, I've got a number of them here, but they're contained. Do you understand? See, these seeds have the potential of rising to what is known as, in South Africa, they're known as round-top fir trees. They're huge fir trees. They grow very straight, and then it's like they've got an umbrella on the top. So they're very different to what we have. But you see, that has the potential of being one of those. And yet they can all be contained and never amount to anything. Why? Just because of the environment that they're in. I took these to um, France when I was there just a few weeks ago. And I gave them out to everybody who was at the meetings that were there. Because originally there were no round tops, fir trees in South Africa. There was a group of people called the Huguenots who took them to South Africa and they came from France, particularly the area that we were um, ministering in. And so they took these seeds and they took them to France and they began to plant them on their um, land that they purchased. Now the thing about this was that these seeds was going to create an environment They were going to create an environment of trust. They were going to create an environment of shelter. They were going to create an environment of provision. They were going to create an environment of employment. How did that happen? Well, you see, these Huguenots, they were believers. And when they planted it in their ground, that when they began to grow, anybody who saw these trees growing knew that they would always get a meal, they would get a roof over their head, they would get employment, and also it would be a place of safety. Just a little seed. And I took these to um, France, and I gave them to everyone. Some of them are planting them in their gardens, because they will grow. And uh, these aren't hybrid seeds, these are from the original. They said, here we don't call them round tops, we call them um, canopy Furs. And I believe that God wants us to live under a canopy of a different environment. See, if we're going to break through, we need to place ourselves in a new environment. That's why I got you to pray those, make those declarations over your own heart, over your own um, life. You see, because we can live in limiting environments. Ask yourself, What is the things that are limiting you this morning? Because God can break you out of them. You see, um, some months ago, I took uh, Sharon to visit a friend of mine in Kidderminster. His name is Cookie. His real name is Gerard Crucco. Um, But they called him Cookie, and that's what everybody calls him today. I won't tell you what they used to call me. Um... But you see, the thing is, we went into his house and the environment that we went into was the same environment that I used to go into 40 odd years ago. The environment hadn't changed. 
Neither had he changed. He was still using the same type of drugs. He was still using the same type of language. He was still listening to the same types of music. Why? Because he hadn't changed the environment that he was living in. Now listen, you may not be using drugs. You may not be listening to bad music. You may not be drinking, smoking, swearing, all of those things. But the thing is, you've lived in the same limiting environment for the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And you wonder when you're going to get your break. Well, I've got good news for you this morning because this morning is a time when we can become breakers of barriers and overcomers of obstacles. Hallelujah. And so here... See, we can be in limiting situations because of the lifestyle that we live. But we can be in limiting environments because of the people that we have around our lives. People who tell us we'll never amount to much. People who say to us, just take up, suck up what's there. Listen, you don't have to suck up what's coming at you. You can be a person who lives differently. See, the Lord Jesus, when he called Peter in John's Gospel, chapter 1, he says, you are Simon, but you will be Peter. See, that's a change. He was going to change everything about him. And even though Peter slipped back into the old ways, Jesus was always there to bring him out into the new place. Hallelujah. I believe that Jesus wants to bring you into a new place today. See, I know the plans I have for you. See, I know the plans I have for you, Peter, not Simon. I know the plans that I have to do you good, Peter, not Simon. Simon is the person of the old environment. God wants you to move into a new place. Hallelujah. And so we have to break off. We have to break off mindsets. You see, just like these seeds are contained in here, we can have mindsets that contain us. We can have thoughts that contain us, word thoughts that contain us. That when we're going for a job, we'll never do it. When we're going, well, we've always failed. You know, and so what happens that we can be, we can be preparing for a new thing. You know, just like Alex, preparing for a new thing. And then what happens? All of the old things kick up. And so what you do is you start living your life knowing that you're going to get it wrong. And you're not up to thinking everything out. Well, I've got good news for you because my Bible says that we can do all things through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And it's all we have to do is to allow his mind to be transforming our minds. Romans 12 chapter 1 says, Be not conformed to this world. Be not conformed to the negative failure environment. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You can have your mind renewed. You can think different thoughts about yourself. What anybody else thinks about yourself, you can think different thoughts about yourself. You can say, I'm not going to live in this environment any longer. I'm going to step out into a new place where the unlimited purposes of God is going to be that which brings limitations to my life. Do you understand? The unlimited purposes of God is going to be my limit. Hallelujah. And so we can move into that. So we start looking at, well, I, I forget. I don't remember things. I, I just knew I could do it, but I, it just wasn't there when I needed it. Listen, we need to stop those types of thoughts. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is God's good, pleasing, and acceptable will is. Wow. Do you understand? See, what is God's good, pleasing, and acceptable will? It's so that you're not at the bottom, but you can aspire to the top. It's not that you are the tail, you can be the head. 
Do you understand? We just need to get this renewing our minds. See, I believe the Holy Spirit and moving with His presence, the Holy Spirit will so transform us. You see, there is a permissive will of God. Did you know that? You see, the permissive will of God is this. You read it in chapter 13 of Judges. And I think it's verse 5. Let me just tell you so I get it right. Verse 5. And um, Judges 13 verse 5. And it says there to um, Manoah and his wife that they were going to have a son and his name would be Samson. He would be a Nazarite from birth. They wouldn't cut his hair and he wouldn't touch strong drink. And it says, and God was going to use him. He will be a deliverer of the people of Israel from the hand of the Philistines. Do you understand? Now that is God's good, pleasing and acceptable will. Now, the, see, the thing is, the permissive will of God, not permissive, the permissive will of God is this. You see that he started to use the anointing for his own benefit. Do you understand? He started to make little riddles out of it. Now, listen, that wasn't God's good, pleasing, and acceptable will, but it was God's permissive will. God allowed him to do those things, but it wasn't in his plan and purpose for him. His plan and purpose was he could get from where he was to being a deliverer of Israel and seeing the Philistines defeated underneath him. But you see, he didn't follow, he didn't move with God's presence. And so what happened? He was distracted. He was distracted by this whole thing with women. He was distracted by finance and money. He was distracted by all these things. Now listen, that was permitted. God allowed him to do all those things. But it wasn't his good, perfect and acceptable will. Hello? Are you with me? Think of your own life now. You think, God, I've had so many twists and turns. You know, if I look at my life, God didn't want me doing all those things that I did prior to coming to Christ. Do you understand that? He didn't want me to look at myself in a negative way, thinking I couldn't achieve much. See, that wasn't God's good, pleasing, and acceptable will. And so here what happens is, With the story of Samson, you read chapter 16, the very last verse, and God brings Samson right back in to the good, pleasing, and acceptable will. And he says, Lord, remember me one more time. Remember me one more time. Just give me another opportunity to step into the plan and the purpose that you have for my life. And he fulfilled everything that God had for him. It wasn't as if God said, well, well, you made all of this mess. You lived in all of these different environments. I'm going to get somebody else. No, God has a plan and a purpose. And I believe he wants you to step into that place this morning. He wants you to so renew your mind. So that you can be one that says, I am one that breaks through. I have a breaker anointing upon my life. See, I'm no longer going to listen to the things, the self-chatter that I say to myself. I'm no longer going to listen to what other people say about me. I'm going to begin to listen to what God says about me. And he says he has got good plans and purposes for my life. Plans to do me good and to do, give me hope and to give me a future. I'm going to start believing what God says. You can have all your stuff, but I'm going to live in a different environment. I'm just going to start living as though God has said all these things to me because I want to move with his presence. You see, you can live your life as average. You can live your life as mediocre. And that's all it will ever be. Or you can say, no, God has a great plan for my life. And not only that, he says that I can be so transformed in my thinking so that I can actually move to a place where I believe what he says about my life. 
See, what about you this morning? Adopt a new mindset. Don't adapt to the environments. Don't accept the old environments, but adopt a new one. Step into a new place this morning. See the presence of God come upon your life. Hear God speak to you. And as he speaks to you, he speaks words of life. He said to Simon Peter, Were you, are you going to run away too, Peter? And he says, listen, Jesus, where can we go? You have the words of eternal life. You've got the words that says, I'm a Simon, but I can be a Peter. And I want to be a Peter. I don't want to be a Simon. What about you? See, God wants you to live without those limitations, without the mindsets. You see, don't accept the never. I will never. See, I mean, listen, I've got it operating in my own life that I have to break out of those environments too. I have everything I need to write another book, but I'm not doing it. Do you know why? Mindsets. And this can be the mindset, well, I don't know how to construct the whole book. I don't know how to put it all together. Also, I haven't got the time. And so these are all mindsets. Now, can you see what they do? They become limiting rather than releasing. And so what happens then, you never step into that place which God says right here, I mean, I don't know how many people, Mark Stibbe, um, Sean Boltz, and you could go on, that you're going to write books. Do you understand? But the thing is this, I haven't put myself in that book writing environment. So therefore, I have mindset limitations that I have to break out of. Am I talking to somebody else here? Can you see? That we've all got it. And there's things that we're wanting to do that we don't do. Because there are those limitations that we place upon ourselves. You know, you can get, there's a a fish called a guppy. They're just little fish. And there's also catfish. And, And catfish like guppies. And so what you should never do is put little guppies in the same tank as a catfish. Because what happens? The guppy thinks, the the catfish thinks, here's my tea. Here's my dinner. Here's my breakfast. And so within a very short space of time, you have bigger catfish and no guppies. Now listen, all you've got to do is change the environment. And do you know how you change the environment? Listen, if you've got fish, you could try this at home. It works. Is what you do is you get the little guppies and you put them in one side of the tank and you put a sheet of glass in the middle of the tank and you put the catfish the one side and the guppies the other side. And so what happens? The catfish looks at his dinner and as he goes to strike at his dinner, bang, he hits the glass. Wow, that hurt. And so again, he looks at the little guppies again and he darts across. Bang, he hits the glass again. He does that, is all you need to do, three days. After three days, you can take that piece of glass out and that catfish will never go after a guppy again. Do you understand? See, what is it that you've been going after And there has been that restriction. And because it's happened so many times, you think, it's not going to happen. I'm giving up. And not only that, it will never bring life anymore. And so we're just like the catfish in the guppy. Because we are being conditioned to believing that we can never achieve it. See, God wants you to break out of that this morning. He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. You see, he wants to remove what's contained you. Just like this seed. See, if I remove it from the container, it can now be sown. But you know, have you ever seen a, um, a bonsai tree? 
And, and what's a bonsai tree? It's a manicured tree. It should have risen to huge proportions. And yet, as all they've done is they've taken this tree and they've sown it in a little pot. And as it begins to grow, they keep cutting off the branches, making it very ornate, but it will never be what it was created to be. See, again, it was placed in a limiting environment. See, what about you and me? There's a, somebody's got a plant at the back. Keep it in that. Is that an oak plant? An oak? I was just going to come on to that. Somebody's even brought me a visual aid. You get an oak, an acorn, you put it in a pot, you keep it in the pot, and it will never grow to a huge oak. It will only grow to the size of the environment that it's been put in. Now, what about you and me? Be not conformed. Don't be planted in the environment of the world's thinking, but be planted in the environment of the unlimited potential that God has for your life and then you will live out the good, pleasing and acceptable will. Listen, we were all born with a seed of greatness. Every one of us was born with a seed of greatness that God planted in us. It's just that it hasn't been seen. But listen, you can see it. God can see it. And one man or one woman in God is always in the majority. Come on. Do you understand? Queen Mary of Scotland, she said of one of John Knox, who was one of the reformers, and she would fear no man. Mary, Queen of Scots. She didn't fear anyone. She didn't fear any of the English. Any of our kings or queens. But she said this, I fear no man but the prayers of John Knox. Can you see? Because she said, one man and God will always carry the majority. See? See, that's how we need to start. Thinking so that we can be those who are transforming agents. If we get the breakthrough, other people will get the breakthrough. Do you understand? If you get your life so transformed and the seed that God has put in you begins to grow and you begin to move into all that God has, let me tell you, that begins the whole transformation change of families, of cities, of nations. That's how it starts. If we don't transform ourselves, we will never see this town transformed. But if we see transformation in our own town, we can have a center that's called the transformation center. But unless lives are being transformed, it's just an empty spot. And we can call it, we can call it whatever name we like to call it. We can call it a shed because that's all it would be. We can call it a storage place. That's all it will be. But you see where lives are being transformed that's when this becomes a transforming place to others. You see, for us, the obstacles that we have to overcome, you can say, but Trevor, you know, you're saying all these things, but I just see it as unreachable. That's because of your past. And if you have unreachable goals, see, sometimes we set our goals. There was a young man that was at our center some years ago, and... Um, I mean, he couldn't sing um, to save his life. And, um, and he said, he, I said, so what would be the thing that you would love to do? And he said, I'd love to be a rock star. And, uh, and I said to him, I said, you know, that may be an unreachable goal. I said, but... I've noticed that you're a very good artist. And um, the only time he ever painted was when he was in prison. And he would paint portraits. And he would get extra money from the prison officers for painting portraits of their children 
all of those things, probably illegally, but hey. And so he would, he would have these, do these portraits. As soon as he stepped out of prison, he never picked up a paintbrush. And I said to him, maybe that goal that you have is an unreachable goal. Because it all it ever does, it shows up all your insignificance. Because you can't play a guitar, you can't sing, and he couldn't. You know? But you see, to get him painting again, and to move from painting just to buy cigarettes to painting so it was enjoyable, see, that had the ability to transform his life. Because he knew he had a seed in him and he needed to embrace the seed. And not living out of that mentality of having an unreachable goal. I'm giving you some steps that you can take this morning. You see, also, we can look at our external circumstances. And we can look at all the things that stop us. You know, when you're stopped in... Doing something, do you know usually the reaction is one of resentment? You resent either the situation that you're in, but it's usually the people who are stopping you doing those things. You know, when I was uh, in my early teens, I wanted to go to Kidderminster Town Hall to listen to the rock bands who were going there. Now, my parents didn't want me to go. And... um, and the thing is, they, they did everything for me. But when he came to the point where I wanted to go and they said I couldn't, see, I began to resent them. They were the ones who were blocking my goal. They were blocking the way of me achieving something. See, so often we can take that into our lives and we can say, well, it's the external circumstances. It's the job that I've got or the job that I haven't got. It's the family I was brought up in. It's the education I have. I've missed my chance. I've missed my opportunity. Other people get it before I get it. I'm always the one who comes in last. I never get to the opportunity of coming first. And so all of those are external circumstances. See that we need to start having our minds transformed so that we can, rather than being resentful. Can you see, Samson could have said, all of these things, all the external circumstances, I am never going to fulfill what was spoken over my life as a young man. You could say, well, look at Noah, Um, not Noah, but look at Jonah. Jonah the same, permissible will and the acceptable will. Go down to Nineveh and he went the opposite direction. You see, but even in going in the opposite direction, who put the whale where the whale was that day? Do you understand? Why? Because God knew he could get him to the place where he wanted him. And that was to go to Nineveh so that he could live out that good, pleasing and acceptable will of God. God will put everything in your place, in your path, so that you can move into what he has for you. That is moving with his presence. It was the presence of God that put the whale there. It was the presence of God that put the young boy to come alongside Samson son and sweat so he says to him just guide my hands because sometimes we don't know how to get there ourselves one of the things I think is amazing that God is doing here he's raising up a whole lot of young people and they are guiding our hands as well so that we can reach this generation do you understand because we can't reach it on our own our 50s 60s 70s and 80s we're out of touch with the younger generation they would be a generation that could be lost but God is raising up young hands to help us so that we still live out our purpose and it's not just about them but together we become a multi-generational church touching a multi-generational community do you understand that's how God wants it we have to change our mindsets we have to change so that God 
can do what he wants to do with us. Amen. And so we, bro- we break out of those places. We don't allow the obstacles because God will always have someone there for us to move us on. Like he had with Samson. Like he had a whale for Jonah. Like he had a Barnabas for Saul. There will always be somebody there. In order to aid us to get that breakthrough that we've been longing for. And also we can have the fear of failing. Do you ever feel like that? You've tried so many times and it's failed. You say, I don't know whether I could try again. And listen, fear of failure always produces anxiety. Excuse me, in our lives. We become anxious. Do you know when you're anxious... You're unable to do certain things. You get so stressed that you focus on the small things. I've seen it with my dad over the last few weeks. When he's anxious, he focuses in on such minute little details and he can't let it go. Can you see? Because he has a a feelings of failing for the future. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what his life is going to turn out like. And so he has this fear that he's going to fail. And he won't be able to do it. And people will take control over his his lives. Listen, that always produces anxiety, doesn't it? When we feel that somebody else has got control of my life. We have this sense of fear that we're going to fail and somebody's just watching over us just to make sure that when we fail they're going to tell us do you ever feel like that and listen God wants us to break out of these ways of thinking he wants us to have our minds transformed so that we can prove what is his good pleasing and acceptable will is see what is he got for you what is the seed that he's placed in you What does he want to get out? See, discovering that seed of greatness and adopting to that pattern and that seed of greatness that God's got for your life. As I come to close this morning, there was a man, his name is Glenn Cunningham. It may not be anything to you, wasn't to me, but until I started to prepare this message. And I was just looking for an illustration. Sometimes you just need to look for a good illustration to capture, pull everything together. See a seed of greatness. He was, this boy, um, Glenn Cunningham, he always thought he was going to be a runner. And him and his brother would run to school every day and run back home. And their job was to light the school stove. And so um, they would run down the school, they would get the, I think um, in America they call it kerosene, which is a little bit like our diesel oil. And so they would get the kerosene, they would light the fire, light the stove, and away it would go, and everybody would get um, warm for the day. But what happened is one day they went down. Now, what they didn't realize, somebody had filled the kerosene can with petrol. And so when they went to pour the kerosene on and light it, the whole thing exploded and it blew up in the room where they were. The little boy, the brother, was killed instantly. He was, when they pulled him out of the fire, he had no skin and muscle had gone virtually down to the bones of his legs. And so he would never run again. But he always knew that he was a runner. And so he was in hospital. They did grafts and things like that with him. And then he was sent on to rehabilitation center. And so at the rehabilitation, they would put him outside. And then after just a few days, they started to see this little boy who was now in his um, early teens. He was now 13. And what he was doing, he he, um, crawled to the wicket fence And he started to pull himself along on the wicket fence. And then what happened after he got off his knees. So they started to see him walking along. And then um, they started to see that within 18 months. This little boy was now beginning to run. In 1938. He won a world championship in America. You can read it. 
Glenn Cunningham, and he ran the mile in four minutes, five seconds, received a gold medal. They told him he would never run. They told him that the environment he had been in would forever damage his life. They told him that he would never have muscles on his legs. That he would never have the ability to move his legs like a runner. But you see, he just said, I'm not going to believe these things about myself. Because there is a seed of greatness in me. And I won't stop until that seed of greatness. You know, from 1938 to 1956, he was one of the top um, uh, record holders of the, the mile. It was only when, and nobody could get below four minutes until Roger Bannister in 1956, down in Oxford, Lees, ran the sub-four-minute mile. And the thing is this, once you get breakthrough, it's easier for other people to get breakthrough. Do you understand? Once you do something, other people can say, I can do that. You see, after Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile... Within four months, it had been broken five times. Within 10 years, the four-minute mile was broken 366 times. But one person had to get the breakthrough. Do you understand? Because once we get the breakthrough for ourselves, we open the door so other people can get their breakthrough. See, they see what is possible. You see, if Jesus can take a Simon and say, Simon, I'm going to make you into a Peter. And he says to him, Simon, Satan, not Peter, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you. So that your faith level doesn't fail. You can fail in lots of areas, But I'm praying that your faith level doesn't fail. So that you can step into a new place of faith. So that you can believe again. So when he sees Peter on the seashore and he says to him, Simon, he didn't say to him, Simon, he says, Peter, do you love me? Not Simon, Peter, do you love me? See, because God always calls us into what we can be. And he always calls us into that place of a new level of faith. See, what about you and me this morning? Are we going to give up? Are we going to let adversity hold us back? Or are we going to be those who know how to break barriers? Step into new things. Because we know that God's presence is with us and we're moving with his presence. See, what's your life going to be like this next week? What are you going to start asking God to transform in your life? In order that you can step out of that place of limitation. Where you're no longer living the permissible will. But you're living the good and acceptable will. Fulfilling what God has for your life. Let me tell you God will call heaven to your aid. God will release ministering angels. He will send his Holy Spirit upon you. And the Holy Spirit will begin to speak into your heart. He will begin to speak to you and say that you are more than enough. That you don't have to look at the failure of last week. And see that is going to be the failure of the next week. Because you can step into a place and you can say God. You have placed something in me. What has he placed in you? Name it. Name that thing he's placed in you. Name that seed of greatness that he's placed in you. And say, God, in Christ I can do all things. I can do more than I ever even dreamed. Because of your plan and your purpose for my life. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? Is this your time to break into a new place? Step out of the barriers that you're in. Step out of looking at, you know, the external circumstances. Stop looking at, you know, the failed potentials that you've had. Stop looking at the unreachable goals. 
See, God says, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to do you good. That's not an unreachable goal. To give you a hope. You don't have to have a fear of failure. And to give you a future. See, that's what God has for you. And if he can get a Samson to the place where he fulfills God's purpose, if he can get a Jonah to fulfill his purpose for his life, if he can get a Peter to fulfill, a Simon to fulfill all that he gave to Peter, don't you think he can do that for me and you? Why don't you stand this morning? I want to pray for you. See, I want God to so open your hearts to awaken your spirits and for your mind to be alert this week so that you begin to see him transforming and that your life becomes different and you become the acorn no longer in a restricted environment but you become the seed of God in the unlimited environment of heaven. See, perspective. That was a word we had. God wants to give you a new perspective. That's what I've sought to do this morning, give you a new perspective. Put your hand on your heart. I want to pray for you. Father, thank you that you place seeds of greatness within us. And Father, we say to you this morning, we're no longer going to live in the limiting environments even of our own understanding our own mindsets of what our lives can become Father we say with the Apostle Paul that we are we're unable to do anything but we thank you Father that you have said that in Christ we can do all things. And so, Father, would you release us into all the things that you have for our lives to fulfill. Lord, I break off this morning every limiting environment that people have been placed in by others and by themselves. I break that this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you would give them that breakthrough mentality, that breaker mentality. You would give them an overcomer's mentality so they begin to think differently even in this coming week. And we see the breakthrough. No longer years down the road, but we see the breakthrough coming right up ahead of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a big clap this morning.